1: Welcome to the MMA Strategy Show right here on AwesomeMode.com. Of course, I am Jason Foy. That is the fighter, Pete Rogers Jr. How are you doing, Pete, on this uh, Wednesday evening, man?
2: What's going on? Uh, you know, looking forward to breaking down this card with you, man. It's a, it's a banger. And, uh, you know, I feel like we're finally getting treated to a very nice card.
1: Yeah, of course, uh, the last fight night card in Vegas before they head to Fight Island, Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley also Nico Price, Donald Cerrone is your co-main event, and we've got the rising star, I guess we'd say. Oh, it up, Chimaya, taking on Gerald Murchard. So so much to break down. Of course, we'll be here for about the next 50 minutes so, or so leading up to the PGA show, get you ready for those PGA lineups for the big U.S. Open starting tomorrow. But, of course, we will break down this UFC Fight Night card, which, uh, by the way, I, I tell you, there is definitely some fights on this card, especially on the main card. There are two fights on the main card, and I believe outside of the main event, I believe our must roster fights will get into those fights as we do go on. But you know, we got to get right into the main event of Colby Covington versus Tyler Woodley. Colby Covington, you got to pay up if you want him, but he has been a DFS stud all throughout uh, his run here in the 170 pound division 9,300 on DK, 6,900 uh, for Tyler Woodley on DraftKings, $23 on FanDuel for Colby and $17 uh, for Tyron Woodley. Colby Covington, a minus 345. Betting favorite uh, on the other side, Woodley, plus 285. And the fight goes the distance, minus 210. Uh, Obviously, Colby Covington, I did a a dummy crunch a little before we started the show. And uh, on DraftKings, yeah, he's coming up pretty much in every lineup.
2: Yeah, you know what, Jason, you get what you pay for. And I'm paying for Colby Covington here at 9,300. You know, I, I think it's a great spot. Um, it's a struggling Tyron Woodley who's aging. He's thirty-eight years old. I'm not falling for his tricks and talk about finally letting his hands go. I'm just I'm over Tyron Woodley, and maybe I'm a little salty because he's burned me and burned me against Gilbert uh, Gilbert Burns. But um, you know, I think you're starting to see Tyron Woodley's limited with his approach. Uh, he has a big right hand and does have wrestling advantage over a lot of opponents in the 170 pound division. The problem is. I think that Colby Covington's motor, um, he's just nonstop. And I think that the pace that he will push could break Tyron Woodley. I, I really like the spot here for Colby Covington. Um, significant strikes, takedown output. I just think, you know, even though he tends to go to the you know the distance, I think that he could put up a nice score for us.
1: Yeah, we have seen, I mean, what, the Robbie Lawler fight, I think it was 170 points on DraftKings. I mean – his pace, and I know there was a saw a solid thing on Twitter earlier today with his. Of course, obviously, no longer at American Top Team. His new coach talking about how they have made some changes and they feel that they have found the power in his punches.
2: What, so where's he? Where's he at, Jason? Can you fill me in on that? That's the one thing I didn't. I didn't look into. I want,
1: I want to say he's at MMA Masters, but don't yeah.
2: pause. I'm not
1: positive on that, but he is still down in South Florida. I mean, look, obviously, Tyron Woodley, former champion. People are going to see that number on him, particularly on DraftKings, not necessarily on on FanDuel, particularly on DraftKings, is 6,900. Here's the problem is what have you seen in the last 10 rounds of Tyron Woodley that gives you any confidence heading into Saturday night? Nothing,
2: nothing. It's it's the name value, and uh, I'm sure we'll get to some other fighters that have name value that, you know, will, will bring popularity to them. And, uh, I think that's the, the thing, you know, Woodley at 6,900 is enticing because if he lets his hands go, he can knock out a lot of people. And, um, you know, you've seen him do it over and over. He was a reigning champion, but since the Kamar Usman performance, and even if you look back at, you know, the, the wonder boy Thompson fights, he throws, but he doesn't do enough. He, he backs up a lot and let, you know, allows his opponents to engage with him and he's a kind of a counter shot big right hand um just very limited and uh you know when you're going up against a volume striker power versus volume if you don't land that nice shot you're going to be behind on the scorecards and have to dig yourself out of a big hole here so i mean if he's you know you you could put tyron woodley in a few lineups because 69 6900 he'll break the slate if he wins he's definitely capable of doing so and maybe the animosity in this matchup of hating Colby Covington leads to him actually performing. I'm still not buying it. I don't care how many times he's saying he's going to let his hands go. Uh, Colby Covington for me.
1: Yeah. I don't buy as well. Uh, one of the, the comments we've already gotten in chat and as always, be sure to line those up in the chat. Uh, Lee said, he goes, i fade faded the last three main events and I'm fading this one and I'm not fading this one. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend fading
2: it because um, you know, Woodley's super cheap. If he wins, he breaks the slate. Um, I think the five rounds favors Colby Covington, um, you know, Woodley's dangerous early and at 9,300, the accumulation of uh, stats for, for Covington is just insane.
1: Yeah. I mean, you just look at at the pace that Colby puts on. I mean, he is, as I mentioned, DFS stud, his ownership right now that we're seeing much higher on DraftKings as opposed to FanDuel, you know, the FanDuel aspect of it, Pete, is just going to be, roster construction with Colby Covington at $23. Like to me, if I'm rostering Colby Covington, I'm just, I'm putting him as the MVP to me. He is, he is a core MVP on FanDuel.
2: Yeah, I can't really argue with that. Um, I think that he's a, a, a great pick, you know, but the $23 is, is definitely a lot compared to the rest of the slate. And uh, there's some fighters that are priced disrespectfully, in my opinion, we'll get to them. But, I mean, $23 for Covington, like I said, you get what you pay for, but I think it's warranted.
1: Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's going to be you know, just massive ownership on Colby Covington. But, look, I, I think that if you're a multiple lineup player, you got to at least have Woodley in one lineup, just in case he's able to pull this off. But I will be primarily on Colby Covington. Um, but, you know, in, you know there, there, I don't see a ton of value of Woodley on draft on, on FanDuel, excuse me. I think if you want to take Woodley on FanDuel, your thought is gonna be he's gonna knock him out early in the fight. Yeah. I just don't think he I just don't think he throws enough to to accumulate those points if this fight gets in the fourth and fifth
2: round. I mean, he's a powerful guy. I mean, if, if he puts Kobe Covington on his back, how does Kobe really, you know, respond to that? He he could land a nice shot, he could work towards a submission because he has great top pressure. I just really see the scrambling of Colby Cumming, Cummington being a little too much. And uh, just because I'm mad at Tyron Woodley, I still won't roster in one lineup.
1: Co-main event is Donald Cerrone versus Nico Price. Donald Cerrone, the underdog in this one, uh, as we sit here on Wednesday night, plus 135, minus 155 for Nico Price. Of course, if you do want to check out the betting lines for this fight, go to Osmo.com right there at the top of the page. You'll see Odd Shopper. Click on that. Go to MMA Odds. And you can see the odds for this week's UFC event. Over on uh, the DFS side of things, $8,500 for Nico Price. On DraftKings, $7,700 for Donald Cerrone. And then on FanDuel, $17 for Nico Price, $15 for Donald Cerrone. Plus dollars that this fight goes the distance. That kind of tells you something. And I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there's two fights outside the main event I believe you have to roster. This is one of them.
2: Yeah, and I think we're a little opposite on this one. And, uh, you know, sell sell me on Nico Price right now, Jason. I want to hear this.
1: I believe it's going to be his pace of constantly pushing Donald Cerrone, not letting Donald Cerrone be the dance partner. When you see Donald does struggle, it's when guys are pushing the pace against him. You know, and and here's the other thing. Donald Cerrone, four and eight in his last 12 fights. Now, look, it's against the top competition. No question about it. Jorge Masao, Robbie Lawler. Darren Till, Leon Edwards, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, Conor McGregor, Anthony Pettis, majority of those fights, he was stopped.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, I totally, you know, it's a valid argument. Absolutely. And uh, I think it's fair. It's definitely warranted as a fighter ages throughout their career and they're taking more shots. You definitely have to question fights like this, but how I always say, how far has the mighty fallen? And, uh, you know, Cowie Cerrone goes from fighting Conor McGregor in a main event to now fighting Nico Price, who's an upper comer, uh, and that's kind of just tells you where he's at. You said four and eight in his last twelve, and um, you know the stylistic matchup of Nico Price does represent a problem. Generally, like if you think of the Rafael dos Anjos, Nate Diaz, anybody that's willing to crowd the space of Donald Cerrone and basically get into that phone booth with him and just you know, not really respect his power, not respect his striking and just press him. And if you press him, sometimes you, you can not necessarily break Cowboy Cerrone, but you make him uncomfortable and he'll start shooting takedowns from a far distance out, or he'll get caught with a bunch of shots and behind, um, you know, I still like, you know, Cowboy's my boy, like I've been following his camp this whole time for like the past month, two months. And, uh, you know, I've seen him spar. I've seen some footage of him sparring. I've seen who he's been surrounding himself with, doing a lot of rounds with Carlos Condit. And it to me looks like he's he's always been committed to training. But I feel like we're you know, it's kind of that old cowboy style of hard, hard training, tons of sparring, like when I was out there training with him. Instead of depending on just cardio and getting in good shape because you already know how to fight, let's let's actually bring in sparring partners that are trying to take your head off, see how you are defensively and, uh, you know, try to mirror what Nico price is going to do to him in the fight because Nico price, 93% finish rate has finished people when he's been, you know, losing majority of the rounds. It just comes from behind has miraculous wins. Probably one of the most interesting highlight videos out there, Jason, he's on his back hammer fist and Randy Brown knocks him out, getting beat to a pulp from Tim means lands a counter right hand. Um, you know, lands an up kick against uh, James Vick. The, I can go on and on. Nico Price is very dangerous. And I, I agree with you that you need this fight. But for me, Cowboy Cerrone can capitalize on a lot of Nico Price's mistakes. And I think that's what we see here.
1: And when it comes to co- Cowboy Cerrone, there's one reporter that always has the inside on him. And that is Brett Okamoto. And this was an interesting tweet that Brett had on Monday. He goes, interesting note from Cowboy Cerrone's coach. This camp was first-time Cowboy has sparred regularly twice a week in a long time. One of the thoughts was to get him in there with young, unfamiliar partners that will force him to focus on not getting hit. I thought that was a very interesting insight into the preparations of Cowboy's Surrounding.
2: Yeah, um, you know, we do that a lot in our fight camps because – or our coaches require it because if you are surrounding yourself with the same teammates, you start to really notice their tendencies – um, you build a bond with them. So maybe you're not trying to punch them in the face as often. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you, you need to you know, go into unfamiliar territory, sparring people you don't know, bringing in people with different styles to keep you sharp. And I do like that approach for Cowboy Cerrone. The size of Nico Price definitely represents a problem as far as uh, how strong he could be. But from training with Cowboy, I'll tell you, not too many people know this. Cowboys ground game is probably better than his striking and everybody knows him as this amazing kickboxer I'm telling you Cowboys jujitsu is no joke and I think that he could submit majority of the division
1: there was a comment uh from Red He says how's his chin these days I- I'll frame it this way Nico Price has been in a lot of wars as well yes and so I I think if we want to have a question mark of Donald Cerrone because of the wear and tear of, you know, 20 plus years of of competing. You look at Nico price and just the wars he has been in. I think it's a valid question on that. That's why I just feel like this is a fight that price points a a good price point on, on both platforms, you know, 8,700 and 7,000 on on DK and and 15 and 17 on Fandle. So to me, it's it's a fight that i believe is going to win, is going to end be a finish I, I doubt this fight hits the third round so i think you're looking at a, a first or second round bonus points here so and, and you look at the at the betting line plus 225 that goes distance tells you what the odds makers think that's why to me you got to pick a side will i have a lineup with donald String? no question i will but to me I, I just i think the i like the ceiling more on nico price in this situation and a lot of it honestly is betting against Donald Strong at this point in his career.
2: I hear you, and, and you know it's valid. And I'll be rooting for my boy Cowboy, and I'll have majority of my lineups with Cowboy just because I like the value on him. Um, and I do think that if he brings out some of the old Cowboy Cerrone, I think that he should, you know, wipe the floor with uh, Nico Price. Plus, you know how much I love trends. Yes,
1: Nico Price alternated wins and losses in his last six fights. Remember what happened last time? He lost. It's true.
2: It's true. It's true. That is true.
1: <laughs> we always talk about that, true, with Ron and Marcos. So we'll talk about here in, in a little bit. But yeah, that is something to pay attention to there. Of course, uh, this is the ML- MMA strategy show right here at Osmo.com. Do want to let you know about a promo that does expire tonight? The U.S. Open is here. Sign up for an Osmo plus golf weekly pass for 50% off. We use a promo code BOGIE at checkout as a uh, we were talking a little bit to little earlier. Apparently, we're going to see a lot of bogeys in this U.S. Open. So you got to use that promo code BOGEY to get 50% off a Osmo Plus Golf Weekly Pass. It gets our leading golf projections, ownership projections, top golfers, and so much more. As I mentioned, this offer does expire tonight. Uh, Joe, I appreciate you there in the super chat. He says, uh, famous question for both of you guys. Who are your guys' locks of the week? I'm with Laramie Takedown City. I know Pete will be Romero Barella.
2: Yeah, You know, uh, we'll get to it, but I love Laramie. I love Laramie. I I do. I I like him. I liked him regionally. Um, Liked him on the Contender Series. Jason and I broke that down on our podcast. And I think that this is a regional fight at the UFC level, and I think, you know, Laramie should, should get this done.
1: If I was going to label one, Kevin Holland.
2: I like that fight as well, and I do like Holland there.
1: Uh, next up, we've got uh, our boy Hamzat Chemayev, who has been uh, Mr. Takedown City in his two UFC fights. He takes on Gerald Murchard here. Uh, Chimaev minus 380, Murchard plus 315, 9,400 on DK for Chimaev, 6,800 on DraftKings, $21 for Chimaev on FanDuel, a disrespectful $8 on FanDuel for GM3 in this position, uh, it is plus two fifty to go the distance. Uh, this is, uh, you know, look. I feel like we're tempting the MMA gods a little bit here, uh, Pete. Where we're already talking about who Chimaev's next fight is going to be against Damien Maya. Um, obviously, this is a, I would say, a substantial step up in competition. This is kind of like a, you know, this is a great test for Chimaev in here. I mean, look, I think his home is ultimately at one hundred seventy pounds. So, you know, does. On Fanduel, it, it, man, if you want to take a shot on on Gerald Mershart, man, it makes roster construction a hell of a lot easier, especially if you want Colby Covington here. But man, it, it is hard to go against Shamiyev in this spot.
2: Man, you know, talk about you know a rising uh, rising star. We really haven't seen somebody like this double book before ever, and um, definitely disrespectful by the UFC to do that. Um, You know, if you're going to double book somebody, do it behind closed doors. Don't do it, you know, out in public. Mm -hmm. I understand that maybe this is like Chimaev's narrative. Like this is, you know, the story of Chimaev. And, uh, you know, this is kind of like what's going to build his brand, so to speak. But 9400 he's priced fairly for what we've seen, honestly. And the guy is so dominant in there. And he looks like Khabib uh, 2.0 goes in there, wastes zero time to get his hands on you. And, um, you know, wraps you up, takes you down, ground and pound you, uh, hit you with the, uh, Dagestani handcuff, trapping your arm, hitting you with the other, uh, crazy ground and pound works towards a finish. The problem is, is how, how's his striking? What happens if GM three is able to keep it on the feet and, um, you know, he's forced to strike. Does he fade as the fight goes on? If he can't get Gerald mirshard out, you know, obvious concerns here, but, I really do like Jemaiyev even in this spot, despite the experience of Gerald Mirshar. And it's because I'm I'm having like, uh, you know, little little videos in my head uh, of like Tiago Santos his ground and pound against Gerald Mirshar, Jack Hermanson, who I know is elite, but doesn't you know he has good ground and pound, but I feel like the pressure of the wrestling and grappling of chamayev is something that is kind of in its own category mm-hmm. and i saw what jack harvinson did to him um you know you had Gerald mirshark going for some really poor techniques like trying to throw laterals and he just doesn't have the best take down the fence comes in at 46 percent. i really think that chamayev's in here and he's uh he's just gonna kill it i really do
1: You know, on the FanDuel side of things, because of the points you get for takedown defenses, the question is, what if he can stop the first couple and he can keep the fight on the feet and Shamayev's gas tank goes away and all of a sudden he starts going for sloppy takedowns? Like, I I think in terms of a value, I like the value of Mershart more on FanDuel than I do on DraftKings.
2: Yeah, you know, that's fair. I I just, for me, Gerald Mershart, he is... The more experienced guy is 6-5 in the UFC. The one thing with Mirshart is, out of his 31 victories, he has finished 94% of them. So the guy knows how to finish fights and catch people in chokes from unorthodox areas. And, uh, you know, maybe he catches Chamayev's neck on one of these takedown attempts. And that's definitely probably the way he would win the fight if he wins at all. But for me, it's Chumayev and uh, sprinkles and Mirshart in as a GPP dart.
1: Better ceiling, Jemaya or Covington?
2: Covington, five rounds. Boom. Oh, I'm with you on that But it's closed up. It's close up. It like,
1: like, I'm looking at our ownership, okay? 47% for Colby Covington, 41% for Chemayev on DraftKings. They are going to be overwhelmingly owned. But both of them have a high probability of over 100 points. But if you want to save some roster spot, I don't think it's – I might have one lineup
2: without either one of them. I think you need one of them. I do think you need one of them, Um, and I think that's contrarian. I think two will be the chalky build, but I think it's for good reason. Um, I mean, how many different lineups can you make with Covington and Chemiah? There goes the top. So um, we'll have to do that for Live Before Lock on Saturday. Make sure you guys check us out. And we dive into the matchups a little bit deeper post weigh-in. So this is all pre weigh-in analysis. Hopefully we don't lose any fights, Jason.
1: <laughs> One and a half, over under. At this point, I'm smash- off. At this point, I'm smashing
2: over, bro. It's bad.
1: <laughs> Here's going to be the question mark: Does Chimaev have a higher ceiling than the winner of Walker Span? Yes. I think Walker Span, which is the next fight we're going to talk about, to me that's another fight that I believe is a must roster fight. I believe this is a fight that will end via finish. Johnny Walker, of course, we have seen him. Um, you know, obviously got off to a great start in the UFC. He's lost back to back fights. He is a favorite in this one, minus one twenty five. Ryan Span, plus one hundred five. Ryan Span undefeated in the UFC. Walker eighty three hundred on DK, seventy nine hundred for Ryan Span, eighteen dollars for Johnny Walker on FanDuel, sixteen dollars for Span. Fight to go the distance, plus 220. I was reading, uh, uh, Kiermae Cruz had a great piece on Johnny Walker uh, today on MMAfighting.com, where he really talked about the fact of being at SBG Ireland, how much he's really crediting John Kavanaugh. Um, I believe uh, I was listening to the Anik and Florian podcast, and John Anik was talking about that uh, Misha Serkinov is also scheduled to be in his corner for this fight as well. Um, so, you know, it's kind of uh, – Jeremy had a great line. It was basically like no partying, no distractions, uh, for for Johnny Walker heading into this one. Um, But to me, this is a fight. I believe someone's getting finished. Someone's getting finished within ten minutes.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll smash my exposure to this fight. I really like it. Um, Walker's a wild man. He's three and two in the UFC, coming off that long time ago Corey Anderson knockout, and uh, you know that was unfortunate. And he definitely got wobbled and rocked and knocked out. you know, he has been knocked out a decent amount in his career, Jason. Um, and I, I do think that Ryan Spann is very, very talented. Uh, I I think that Ryan Spann comes from a great camp, has good hands, good jujitsu. He's patient, whereas Johnny Walker's not patient. So Johnny Walker's like a round one killer. And he goes out there and tries to finish you early, has tons of round one wins. Um, you know, but he's also been knocked out by Corey Anderson uh, Henrique Silva in round one um, submitted by Clinton and Breu uh, Wagner Prado knocked out round two. I mean, we're, we're dating back some time, but the, the thing is, is his recklessness gets him caught. Now can this new coaching staff really kind of slow him down and he'll, he can start reaching his potential. We'll have to see, but I do think that Ryan span, it's hard to, it's hard to say because Ryan span has been rocked a ton, but it's not like he's reckless. He just kind of gets caught. Um, it's all who lands the shot, you know, the, the quickest. And I think that Ryan Span at 7,900, he's cheaper. I, I just like his overall game because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, but when Johnny Walker came into the UFC, I believe you were not very high on him at all. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly.
1: Yeah, I was not. I, I it was things I saw on film. But I just. You know, I, I just didn't think it was there. I mean, obviously he proved me wrong, but then you look at his last two fights and it hasn't been there. I mean, it's, you know, now under the direction of John Cavanaugh, how much does that change things? Um, you know, and, and obviously Ryan Spann training at four to seven May is a gym that both of us, uh, you know, do like. I mean, you just look at the results that that gym has had there. Uh, but to me, this is a fight I believe you have to target price-wise, solid price-wise on, on both platforms if you're looking to play either one of these guys. So, to me, I think you gotta I'll probably I'll probably have 50% exposure on each guy.
2: Wow. Yeah, you know that's aggressive, but I, I can't blame you. I, I mean the worry is as the the heavier heavier you go in weight classes, heavyweight, light heavyweight, um, the more likelihood fights could be sloppy if they get exhausted. Whereas like featherweights and lighter guys can go their motors all day. But I, you're talking about two guys that really throw throw down. Um, Ryan Spann can work his takedowns and uh, try to just go the path of least resistance and just put Johnny Walker on his back and then get get the W that way. So, uh, you know, we'll have to see. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, it's a match of that. I'm definitely interested, of course. Uh, be sure to smash that uh, like button right here on YouTube. As always, we do appreciate that. That does help us out a lot, as I mentioned, coming up right after us will be the PGA show that'll get you ready for the U.S. Open. Uh, then we got a female matchup, Mackenzie Dern versus Ronda Marcos. Mackenzie Dern, minus 165. Ronda Marcos, plus 145. Mackenzie Dern, 8,700 on DraftKings, 7,500 for um, Ronda Marcos. $16 for Dern on FanDuel, $11 for Ronda Marcos. This fight is plus 100 to go the distance. This is a fight that's going to be interesting if it hits the mat. Now, one of the things about Mackenzie Dern, we have seen improvements in her skills, particularly the stand-up side. It does look like the weight cutting issues are, are done. I, you know, obviously, we'll see on Friday. Maybe I just gave her the curse, and now she's going to have <laughs> weight problem it. cutting problems. Uh, but uh, you know, this one—if this gets to the ground—I think it's all Mackenzie
2: Dern. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. Mackenzie Dern is unreal when it hits the mat. Her jiu-jitsu is on another level than most of the women in any division, and uh, she's the real deal. But this is not an easy fight, and I don't want people to think that Rana Marcos is, is some bum. And uh, you know she's ten and eight overall, but uh, in the UFC she's six, seven, and one. Now, let's bring up experience, and she's fought names, Jason.
3: For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Like
2: Amanda Hebas recently. Uh, Ashley Yoder. Claudia Gedelia has a win over Angela Hill. Who everybody last week was super high on. Um, you know, Alexa Grasso, Carla Esparza again. Courtney Casey. I can keep going on. The girl has fought like the majority of the division. And she's seen a ton of talent. Now, Randa Marcos is definitely a liability of getting taken down and controlled, and you know possibly submitted. Like the worst possible situation would be Mackenzie Dern takes her back because it's a wrap. Mackenzie Dern, you know she takes most people's back. It's over. Um, you know you have to worry about the armbar from guard. But Randa Marcos has the better striking in this situation, hands down, and she can try to keep it on the feet. She has defended plenty of takedowns in the Claudia Gadelia fight. Um, And even in the Amanda Hebos fight, she did get taken down. But there are plenty of times when she was able to avoid it. I think this is—it's not my favorite fight for DFS. I can actually see this going the distance and being closer than people imagine. I do still think Mackenzie Dern finds some way, Jason, to get it done, and it's a close fight.
1: Yeah, it's uh, if you think the submission is going to come. By the way. Seven of uh Ron Marcos's eight losses have come via decision. Yeah. Uh she does have one submission loss was all the way back in 2016 against Courtney Casey, which, well, we don't, end, of course,
2: arm bar. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's the most common, you know, submission. And um, you know, you, you could say she hasn't been submitted, but she's facing one of the best grapplers of all time for for women's. MMA, women's jujitsu, like the girl is so nasty. So I kind of don't really look at that too much. I, I just think that, you know, Mackenzie Dern doesn't have the best takedown. So like, you know, in the UFC, she has takedown accuracy 7% and only averages 0. 0.43 takedowns per 15 minutes. She only needs one. Let's be real. She only needs one, but can she get it done? I think she gets the decision win. So I'm not really smashing this exposure.
1: Then we got uh, Kevin Holland versus Darren Stewart. Kevin Holland, minus 250 favorite, plus 210 for Darren Stewart. 9,100 on DraftKings for Kevin Holland, 7,100 the for Stewart. $20 for Holland on FanDuel, $11 for Stewart. And this is minus 155 to go to the distance. I don't know if you saw when this fight was announced, uh, how Kevin Holland announced the fight. Did you happen to see that one? No, I didn't. So you know what Darren Stewart's nickname is, right? The dentist, right? Correct. So he out who was at the dentist <laughs> and he's getting ready to get his teeth uh cleaned and his manager calls and let him know that he's got a fight with the dentist. He starts beating the dentist up. And then <laughs> his manager gets there and is like, No, 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 Darren Stewart. That's awesome. Like, oh, sorry. But yeah, Kevin like uh-huh. to me, Kevin Holland, this is I think what, what was it six guys on DK there, are nine thousand or more, I think, this week. Five or six. Yeah. Um you know, and that's going to be the question you, as you handicap this one out in terms of those 9,000 options on DK or five, five options. Kevin Holland to me is one of, I, I put him right behind Covington and Shemaya.
2: Hey man, we've been, we've been the conductors on this Kevin Holland, you know, hype train. And uh, if, if you think about it, going into the fight against Anthony Hernandez, we called that You know, his most recent fight against uh, Joaquin Buckley, we called that. Uh, Kevin Holland is nasty. He has great striking, some really, really technical submissions as well. The guy is super talented, and I really think he's starting to come into his own. Um, You know, Darren Stewart, two fights ago, was outside the UFC, and now comes into the UFC and gets a very nice win against Maki Patolo with a submission, a guillotine choke. And that kind of surprised a lot of people. Um, We knew you needed to roster that fight, but you know, Darren Stewart, I think is the B side uh, in this matchup. Mm -hmm. I I really do. I think that Kevin Holland's height, um, slight height advantage, but a massive reach advantage, a seven inch reach advantage. Um, He has more ways to win here. Jason Darren Stewart's very explosive and can win this fight. If he lands a shot, I don't see him out grappling Kevin Holland. Um, Kevin Holland though, does have somewhat shoddy takedown defense. Comes in at fifty one percent. I feel like he just welcomes people to take him down because he enjoys his grappling so much and is really good at reversing people. But for me, it's Kevin Holland ninety one hundred. I'm. It's really hard to prioritize the nine k options this week. There are so many that I usually love, that I like this week, and that's quite unusual for me.
1: Well, look, a great way to prioritize those 9K options is to sign up for an Osmo Plus yep. MMA weekly pass for eight ninety five, 95 so you can get access to ownership projections, player projections, that top fighter tool. Those are tools you got to help you make those lineups coming up for this weekend's UFC card. So be sure to sign up for that right now at Osmo.com forward slash join. Next up, uh, we'll talk about a matchup that uh, just uh, came together today officially. It was uh, Miguel Baeza was initially supposed to take on Mickey Gall. Now he's going to take on Jeremiah Wells. Jeremiah Wells plus 285, M- Miguel Baeza minus 350. Uh, as of doing this show, we do not have any DFS lines.
2: Yeah, so we don't have any DK salary, FanDuel salary, nothing. But um, I can tell you that I've been following Miguel Baeza's career. He's 2-0 in the UFC, coming off a very nice victory over Matt Brown. Um, I've also been following his uh his boxing coach on Instagram for quite some time, and uh, didn't really know that he was Baeza's coach. I just like the way this guy coaches. He has mm-hmm. uh, a phenomenal system, and I see a lot of Baeza's work. Baeza, you know, he's a black belt in jujitsu. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but his hands are so dangerous, and he gets a lot of victories that way. Uh, he's nine and zero, comes in seventy eight percent finish rate. You know, he was scheduled to face Mickey Gall, which I was going to have him locked in, Jason. There's no way Mickey Gall is beating him in that matchup. Um, Jeremiah Wells actually comes in from the same promotion that I fight for, CES MMA. And uh, this is a very interesting spot because Jeremiah Wells is good, Jason. I've seen – he's very good. And I've seen him knock out some top regional guys. Um, He's 8-2-1 overall very powerful guy comes out of Daniel Gracie. So it's, uh, you know, Henzo Gracie, Philadelphia. Um, he could definitely win this fight if he lands a, a shot or is the more aggressive grappler, because what he likes to do is throw heavy bombs and aggressive grappling. So I will be paying attention to this salary. Um, and I'll probably sprinkle in some Wells punt plays, but, uh, you know, I think Baeza had the full camp, um, I think he can get it done here, and he should get it done.
1: And likely another nine K option. Uh, I would
2: imagine. Yeah, I mean, he should be. I, I looked at the lines, and it's a minus three hundred favorite, so you you would imagine.
1: Then we got a female matchup at one hundred twenty five pounds. Silva and Barella. Silva minus two forty five. Barella plus two hundred five. Nine thousand for Silva on DK. Seventy two hundred for Barella. Then seventeen dollars and eleven dollars, respectively. On FanDuel plus one oh five to go the distance. Um, can you at all sell me on Mera Romero Barella?
2: Yeah, I guess I can because that nine k price tag on Bueno Silva makes no sense to me, and I think it's based more on uh, Romero Barella being known as a fighter who's not good and somehow still in the <laughs> UFC. Um, I believe she's on a skid right now, and I you know the girl's twelve and eight overall. Um, she was putting Courtney, yeah, she's on a three fight uh, losing streak right now. She had Courtney Casey on the mat and gave up her arm and got submitted via arm bar. So I actually do think Romero Borella is not a bad pump play at 7,200. Um, what I've seen from Bueno Silva, somewhat lackluster, you know, should have the striking advantage in this matchup, but Romero Borella from everything I'm reading and hearing from interviews and everything is that, she really shines in the gym and she's really strong with her takedowns. Now, if they focus at ATT to keep her arms in and not putting a hand on the mat to isolate her arm and get arm barred, I think that she has some promise here at 7,200 for a decision win via tons of takedowns. So I'll have a few lineups with her, but this 9K option of Bueno Silva, just really not you know a fighter I'm looking to get to. I'd rather, you know, I prefer the other 9K options.
1: Then it's your favorite fight of the night, the 8,200-8,000 8, 8, matchup. That is Jordan Espinoza versus David Dvorak, both minus 110 on the betting lines. Uh, David's the 8,200 fighter, $17 for him on FanDuel, $15 for Espinoza. Minus 245 to go the distance.
2: Yeah, so, I mean – Maybe you don't need this fight in your lineups, but it's hard to get away from that mid-range because it really helps out your lineup so mm-hmm. you can get highs and lows, um, mostly highs. But uh I'm not I'm not really thinking, you know, overthinking this too much. I think that uh David is gonna get it done. I I really do. I think that he's more powerful. Uh Jordan Espinosa stands on the outside and has been training a lot at Cowboys uh BMF ranch right now. Um and uh, you know, he has the tendency of getting taken down and submitted i think david borak you know has the power advantage the submission advantage um espinoza has the better footwork it's a 125 pound bout most likely goes to goes the distance probably not a priority for my lineups but if i had to pick i think DeBorak gets it done
1: uh next up we got jessica rose clark she is minus 225 taking on sarah alpar plus 185 8900 for Rose Clark, uh, seventy three hundred for Alpar, sixteen for Rose Clark, and twelve dollars for Alpar minus three twenty to go the distance.
2: Yeah, Jason, help me out with this fight because like I don't know what to make of this fight. I feel like they're mirror images. Um, you know, they both come in forty four percent finish rate. Probably not the most exciting fight. Alpar could you know has decent takedowns. Clark should try to keep it up or work towards a submission, but. For me, it's just a fight I'm staying away from.
1: Ro- Jessica Rose Clark should win this fight. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't like the
2: price point. I, I'm not paying 8900 That's, you're out of your mind. I'm not doing it.
1: I, I, that Northeast accent just came out a little bit there.
2: When I get aggravated, it comes out. And, you know, that, that price tag really, <laughs> 8900 is ridiculous. I mean, I haven't seen anything, like, solid on film that would really warrant that price tag. I don't understand it. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's 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 when I when I initially saw eight hundred for Jessica, I was like, oh I like her to win the fight, but man, that that is a high price point to pay for a fight that likelihood is it's going 15 minutes.
2: I bet you she'll probably come in one of the lowest on fires because of that. Well let's see where we got her at right now. Where is
1: Jessica? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> see what I
2: mean? Under 20%. See what I
1: mean? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, in terms of favorites. Uh, yeah, she would be the uh, lowest owned. Actually, no. There's one other. Uh, there's one other favorite that's uh, a little uh, lower than her. Okay. So we we haven't talked about that fire yet. So we'll get to that fire ah, here uh, okay. shortly. Uh, speaking of northeast, a guy that we're both familiar with, Randy Costa, going to uh, take on Journey Newsome. Journey Newsome, minus minus one forty. Randy is plus one twenty. Uh, Journey uh, eighty four hundred on DraftKings. Uh, Randy seventy eight hundred, and then on Fanduel seventeen for Journey, sixteen for Randy. Plus two hundred five. Uh, Randy Costa. Here's about the best way to describe. If you're not familiar with Randy Costa, I hate to make guarantees in fights. I feel pretty safe in saying guaranteeing Randy's going to throw a head kick at some point.
2: Yeah, I put I put like my life on on the line that Randy Costa Randy Costa is going to throw a head kick. Uh, you know, Costa trains with my coach greg rubello and greg rubello is one of the best heavyweights new england has ever seen and um you know costa has a real tricky style he's a decent size for the 135 pound division coming in at 5'9 you know has a six inch reach advantage over journey newsom so now journey newsom you know has good striking he's powerful he's, he definitely can crack and definitely could knock randy costa out and has more ways to win than randy costa does so like nuisance of brown belt in jujitsu, should look to do, uh, you know, take him to the mat, avoid the striking of Randy Costa, put him on his back, work towards a submission. Does he do that? I don't know. He would have an advantage there. But, you know, the pick for me is Costa. I think that my buddy Randy is going to go out there and light up Journey and work towards a, you know, a finish. Um, He's young. He's hungry. He's down where? American top team right now, I believe. Uh, So he is, you know, he's surrounded by talent right now. I'm sure they've been hammering his takedown defense because if he's able to keep it on the feet, he has some promise in the 135 pound division. Those head kicks are tricky. And that is why I'm giving him the edge in this fight. It's his trickiness. Um, if you are very tricky and unorthodox, you catch people and have a ton of success.
1: Greg is that or Gregor is actually the person that introduced me to Randy right before he got into the UFC as uh, he hit me up, he's like, hey, man, can I get an interview with one of my guys here? I was like, yeah, of course, let's set it up. And uh, yeah, Randy, he will tell you how much he loves head kicks. Like, I, I'm like, I go, literally, I think he had a
2: fight where I think that's all he threw. I, I mean, I share that same love that he does. I mean, <laughs> kicking people in the head is a great thing. You know, it's like the best, like punch somebody in the head or kick them in the head. It's kick somebody in the head all day long for me. Um, you know, but I can't blame him.
1: But I wonder in this fight. Will the thought of be is hey, we got to be careful about throwing these head kicks because all of a sudden that makes you susceptible
2: to getting taken down. Okay, so when you throw a ton of head kicks, right, or a ton of kicks in general, if somebody steps in, they can hit you with a big, big counter cross and, uh, or they can catch you and take you down, especially, you know, if it's a lazy head kick. Um, head kicks, not so much of getting taken down as the body kicks that are the most dangerous, body kicks and low kicks. So, Randy, Co- Randy Costa here. You know, as long as you know, Journey Newsit doesn't go out there and try to grapple him like Brandon Davis did, I think that we're in good shape.
1: Uh, next up, we got Andre Ul minus two hundred and ten taking on Irwin Rivera plus one hundred and seventy-five, eight hundred for Oul, seventy-four hundred for Rivera, eighteen dollars on FanDuel for Ul and fourteen for Rivera, minus two forty-five to go this This, this will be uh, Andre's first fight since uh, breaking his. Uh, arm earlier this year in the controversial win he had against Jonathan Martinez, so he is back. Uh, uh, he uh, had to sit out some time, was in a cast to to get back into this one. Um, you know, so this is Erwin Rivera, a guy who got a short nose fight back in May. So, uh, sorry, his third fight in the UFC,
2: and he's one and one. I mean, who's better than this guy? He goes in there, takes a fight against Giga Chicade and then you know is able to pick up a win in his most recent fight. Seventy four hundred, Erwin Rivera. You know he can knock people out because of how explosive and dynamic he is, and he throws tons of Superman punches, flying knees. You know you just need to catch somebody correctly, Jason, and next thing you know the fight's over. But you know the pick for me is Andre. You will hear eighty-eight hundred. Don't really know if I get to that. It's a little he- a little hefty, but like skills wise, Andre should have the advantage. He's longer, seventy-five inch reach advantage. Uh, 75 inch reach over uh, Aaron Rivera's 67 inch reach. So, eight inch reach advantage. That is insane. Andre should have the the volume, the length, uh, you know, the experience. Give me Andre.
1: Uh, next up, we've got uh, Derek Minor taking on TJ Laramie. TJ Laramie making his UFC debut. Minus 290, plus 245 for Minor. 9,200 for Laramie on DraftKings. $19 on FanDuel for Derek Minor. 7,000 on DK. And thirteen on FanDuel. And this one is uh interesting plus one seventy-five to make it to the distance. Obviously, uh TJ Laramie probably going to be um, a popular play in here. The question is, are we are we going to take down city here?
2: I I don't know because like Derek Minner's only shot at winning majority of fights is catching people in submissions. Like um, you know, he throws bombs, so anything can happen when you're sling leather, but you know, Laramie should have the grappling advantage, the striking advantage. Um, I just think that he's on a, a you know, completely different level. Um, I, I've seen Minner put on his back, controlled, dominated in position, ground and pounded, um, give up sometimes. And I do think that Laramie, you know, Laramie has a strong grounding, like strong pressure from the top outside of a fluky submission. I think that, you know, I think Laramie gets this done, nine times out of 10. And, uh, I really think he's going to have a strong performance. I think Minner will be very, very popular because he's seven K, you know, has a 92% finish rate out of 24 victories. That is insane. But for me, I'm passing on Derek Minner. If you're going to play him, he's not, he's one of the best GPP options, you know, because of his finish rate, but I think Laramie's just too skilled. Yeah. I would agree with you on there.
1: Then uh, the final fight that we have the breakdown here is Tyson Dam versus Jerome Rivera. We saw Jerome on the contender series. Of course, we all know not Tyson Dam. We were, we were all over Tyson Dam last week. Unfortunately, opponent didn't make it to fight. Tyson Dam. 175 plus 155 for Jerome Rivera. Tyson Dam is 8,600 on DK, 17 on FanDuel, and 7,600 for Rivera on DK, 16 on FanDuel. And this is plus 110 to go the distance.
2: Wow, uh, you know that, that's that's interesting. Uh, Tyson Nam comes in nineteen and eleven and one crazy experience has knocked out some you know amazing opponents, Ali Bagatinov and of Dantes. Um, you know I can keep going on of who he's fought and who he's beaten. I mean he's lost to a decent amount, but it's against really high level opponents. Um, Rivera here coming off the contender series, you know he looked okay, he looked all right. Um, I I don't think that his style matches up the best against Tyson Nam. Tyson Nam hasn't been submitted in his pro career. Um, you know, Tyson Nam sprawls really well, defense takedowns well. Uh, in the UFC has 100% takedown defense, which is crazy. Uh, only three fights, so the sample size is limited. But strong striker, uh, experience advantage. I think that Tyson Nam should be able to just pick apart Rivera here. Rivera's going to be shooting immediately. Like, he's going to be looking to take it to the mat. The one thing in favor of Rivera in this matchup would probably be the size three inch height advantage, uh four inch reach advantage. If for some reason he worked on his striking and it's better and he can keep him on the outside, perhaps he does better than what we're anticipating. I, I don't know if I really have a lot of exposure to Tyson Nam because, you know, I don't know. There's so many other fighters I want to get in my lineups, but $8,600. It's okay. It's, it's not bad. Uh, I think that he should get the victory.
1: Uh, we should note that uh, Mirsad Bektik was scheduled to be on this card. His opponent pulled from the event due to COVID. So we'll see if he gets a, a fight on this card. He was priced 9,500 on DraftKings, $22 on FanDuel. So that's going to be interesting to see if they do find a replacement opponent for him, who is it? And is that a price you want to pay up for?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I know Mirsad. Uh, he was one of my main training partners now in America Top Team. Uh insanely strong wrestler. The guy has nasty ground and pound. You know, I would be paying very close attention to see who fills in if anybody does. So check us out on Saturday to see, you know, the latest updates and who we're going to be rostering and who looked bad at the weigh-ins. Make sure you guys check us out there for all the updated information.
1: Yeah. We'll be live at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. Start to line up those questions. Going to get out of here in about five minutes. So let's go down to our straight picks. For this one, uh, I'll start off first here. Give me Colby Covington, Nico Price, uh, Hamzat Chemaev, Ryan Spann, Mackenzie Dern, Kevin Holland. Uh, give me Bruno Silva, uh, David Dvorak, Jessica Rose Clark, Randy Costa,
2: Andre TJ Laramie, Tyson Nam, and Miguel Baeza. Nice.
1: Um,
2: I'm going Colby Covington, Donald Cerrone, uh, Chemaev, Span, Dern, Holland, Baeza. Romero, Barella, Dvorak, Clark, Costa, Ewell, Laramie, Tyson. You.
1: In terms of uh, some value plays on DraftKings, I think that, uh, you know, and, and what I consider is under 8,000. So I'm, I'm looking for fires in those 7,000 range that I think have some value. I, I would look at Randy Costa. At 7,800, and uh, I think you got to look at Ryan Spann, 7,900, and Donald Cerrone at 7,700.
2: Yeah, I have four that I'm really circling, Cowboy Cerrone, Ryan Spann, um, oddly enough, Romero Barella, and uh, Randy Costa. Over on
1: FanDuel, looking at some value plays, uh, McKenzie Dern, I don't know if we want to consider $16 a value play. Um, but if I'm looking to go under sixteen dollars uh of, of that could stick out to me. Ooh, there's not much under sixteen dollars that really I mean.
2: Cowboy for me.
1: Yeah, cowboy. I'm gonna have at least one line up on Fandle with Jeremy Marshard in it.
2: Yeah, I mean, at $8, it's so tempting. You know, it really is. Look
1: at last week, what was it? Um what was it, Roxanne? Nine dollars? Yeah, I told you she was gonna and, win, and I think she still got like 80 points. Yeah, didn't do well. did do well on DraftKings, but on FanDuel, she racked up a little bit of points if you took her in that spot. So yeah. Um, so if you do have any questions, be sure to line that up there. We'll get in here as we do go on. Of course, uh, Pete mentioned we'll be here on Saturday for live before lock, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Um, is there anything about any of these fights that you didn't get a chance to mention that, that comes to your mind?
2: I didn't get a chance to mention about how awesome we were last week and Roosevelt Roberts had to just ruin everything. And, uh, you know, you're talking about a 4-1 to one favorite, goes out there against a guy who took the fight on him a day's notice, bumps up a weight class, and has been finished like crazy. You know, like I said, this sport is the most unpredictable thing in the world, but that's why it's so beautiful.
1: I had a lineup on FanDuel that I think scored 700 points with Roosevelt Roberts in it.
2: I had – I. I had so many nasty lineups, Jason and Roosevelt Roberts just giving me, what did he give me one or point five or something? It was ridiculous. Right. When that fight ended, I was, you, you
1: know, you know how you get pissed off when I take the first fight of the night, my fire loses.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. that's, that's pretty much the way I was. I'm, I'm yeah. trying to, uh, to find that lineup.
2: Uh, I mean, but oh. it goes to show you that high, you know, heavy favorites can, can lose and, uh, you know, I'm happy for Kevin Crum. It, you know, that, that's a nice story.
1: Yeah. I mean, you hit your boy Romanov last week. That one lined up for you. Oh, yeah, I scored. What do you yeah, think I had 700, him? 701 points with Roosevelt Roberts in my
2: lineup. That's crazy. What do you think about my boy Romanov? Did I not call him? Like, is he not amazing? That guy is a savage. I tell you,
1: I was when uh I was worried about his gas tank going out. At one too. Bro, first off, the the belly, the back suplex, whatever oh man, that was a big boy he picked up. Oh yeah. I tell you, this
2: guy is legit, Jason. Uh I mean the ref wanted that guy to I don't know what. He just hated the guy for some reason not stopping that fight. Um and I thought it was gonna backfire on us. I was so nervous.
1: Uh Machiavelli mentions goes crew uh combing his hair, mess with Robert's head. By the way. I interviewed Kevin Crew yesterday.
3: I saw that.
1: He was getting his haircut. And it it was funny. So we connect on Skype. And he goes, hey, man, is it cool if I'm getting my haircut while I'm going? I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's got nunchucks on as we're doing it. Oh, yeah. Everybody Everybody needs something, bro. That's cool.
2: Like, you know, that's his thing, I guess.
1: Yeah, and he said that uh, he, uh, he he he's going to go buy a fancy pair of nunchucks with his $50,000 bonus. Ah, cool. Good for him. So, yeah, yeah, fun guy there. Uh, so, yeah, you got to check that out right now. If well, uh, you can check my timeline, you'll see an interview right there. So that is going to wrap it up for MMA Strategy Show right here on Osmo.com. Of course, as always, this show is available in audio form, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so be sure to check it out. So let's go wrap it up. For ML, ML, MMA <laughs> Strategy Show. I do so many sports here. I Sometimes I forget what the, the initials are, but that's going to do it for the MMA Strategy Show right here on awesomeoak.com.
3: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring
0: next time.